0: What what am I supposed to say? I've never listened to a podcast. You're listening to Big Wheel Coaching Podcast. You're you're, you're listening to Big
1: Wheel Coaching Podcast. Big podcast. Brian McCulloch here with Big Wheel Coaching.
0: Hey, you're listening to Big Wheel Coaching Podcast. (laughs)
1: hola and welcome to another edition of the big wheel coaching podcast i am brian mcculloch i am the host here you guys probably all know me as the assistant to the boss the big wheel herself and i'm stoked to be here it's uh july 3rd day before independence day here in the states and uh i'm talking to one of uh i'm gonna go so far as to say i think one of the best guests we've had jordan chain from elevate Webplex pro cycling my teammate my friend and Peak Form Coaching, correct? Did I say it right, Jordan?
0: Yeah, we got it right. Third time lucky on this uh, thing. Well, thanks for having me, and uh, it's high praise. I'm glad that uh, somebody likes to listen to the yabbering.
1: No, I get uh, I get a lot of great feedback on yeah, your both both of them. Because again, so for everyone listening home, if it's your first time and you're just listening to Jordan here. He's got on two other episodes. Uh, I will put the links in the show notes, but uh Jordan was on two other episodes of the podcast, and just he's a great guest, super knowledgeable, obviously a coach, an incredible bike racer, and recent winner of the virtual Joe Martin stage race. So for everyone at home, you know, us as professional cyclists, and for everyone else too, all of the events are getting canceled. And so we've kind of taken to uh well every, a lot of people have really taken to Zwift because it's a competitive place for us to be able to be. And, uh, now we've had a couple of these races now, uh, these stage race formats, and you won the most recent version, which is a virtual version of the Joe Martin stage races, which one of the long-standing races in America, very, very challenging bike race has an incredible heritage and, uh, pretty cool to say that, uh, you are now a yellow jersey wearer uh, even if it is virtual I don't think it was any less difficult because uh, so much of that you had to do all on your own dude
0: yeah I appreciate that it's been a really good um, good substitute uh, at first there was definitely hitches in the in the process uh, sort of getting our team and and myself over to racing in the virtual world but once you got it up and running I, you probably would agree that it does it feels uh close to the real thing when the robber meets the road and it's really hard out there. You get the the red mist competitive feeling I think that a lot of us miss uh from the events on the road,
1: oh bro, yeah, we're all missing it that's for sure that's for sure. so what we wanted to accomplish here today for everyone was Jordan we're really lucky to have Jordan here today because. Not just is Jordan a total stud because he won the race, and we're going to talk about that because I think that's something you guys, everyone can listen to and learn from. But one thing I want uh, for Jordan to share, and I'm hoping he'll, he'll share with us, is Jordan was an early adopter of the Zwift racing platform and has been on it, dude, it's before 2014. It was When, when, was, when did you get on it? Let's just start with that.
0: Uh, well, I think actually the app, it's, or the, the game itself was developed in, the beta was released in 2014. So I might have registered at that point. Um, but I first rode on it in, uh, late winter 2015. Um, back when, uh, there was one world and it was a six kilometer loop. Um, so you basically were riding the same piece of road every seven or eight minutes if you were cooking along. And there was so few riders on the platform at that point that they actually put in these ghost riders um, that you could draft off of that would ride at a, a set pace. So that's how early it was. And to be honest, it was really, I think that's the success of the platform, actually, is when they put it into beta, it was already a very good product. I never had a hitch with it um, technologically, and it looked kind of like it does now right from the beginning so um, it was a very small version of the game, but I got on that, and it was sort of the end of the winter season that year, so I got in it for maybe a few weeks, and then if it rained here and there, um, and then the next year, 2016, that's where I was for all of my uh, my winter training, and it took me into my first year as a professional on Jelly Belly, so it was, um, it was great, you know, because uh, I don't know if I uh, mentioned in the past podcast, but uh, I'm from Canada. It snows quite a bit here. The winters are tough, and so um, I literally used to ride watching Tour de France DVDs and VHS. That's how desperate I was. I would I would borrow these old race uh, tapes from from uh, racer guys and uh, watch them on the trainer because I had to get my three or four hours in. Um, and it was certainly a lot tougher before Zwift. So, yeah, early adopter for good reason. Um, And it's been great.
1: Well, not just early adopter, we got to talk about equipment there too, because I think that's super important for everyone to understand. So Zwift, I want everyone, I should give, give my backstory real quick, but like, I was not an early adopter of Zwift. And to be candid, I was someone that was like, man, I live in Southern California. Like, I don't need this. Like I have a rain jacket and I'm going to get hard man points if I go outside and ride in it because... We have to race in it, so I might as well be comfortable and confident riding in it. And I can tell you, you know, and this is not not uh, trying to, to, to sound cool guy or anything like that. It was just like, you know, we did a lot of, and I have done a lot of rain rides over the years. And, and now that I have a family and now that we have all these things, it's like, man, my time is really valuable. Why, why destroy the bike? why, you know, the bike gets all messed up when you ride it in the rain. It's like, there's a lack of safety. You know, you're going to have an issue with potentially a vehicle, you know, maybe even just slide out, you hit a manhole cover or whatever. It's like, you, you assume all of this risk. So I was like, really like taking on all this risk when there was just like this super easy platform over there that I just was closed minded to. And, um, you know, I mean, we would even go to, even go to training camp, you know, and, and, you know, everyone would be like, oh, there's Jordan with his, you know, trainer fitness, you know what I mean? And it would just be like, you know, Jordan pedals, like a metronome and we go to train camp guys. And I, I want everyone at home to listen, you know, you go, you get 10 guys together to go to pro training camp and everyone's fired up. Everyone is just like G'd up to the max and like everybody's ready to go. And in the winter you have people coming from different regions that have been training more or less. And what has typically been the case over all the years that I've been doing this is that like, you know, the guys that come from Canada, the guys come from Colorado, the guys that come from, you know, back East where there are four seasons, they come in with less fitness. And every year that I've been a teammate with Jordan, he comes in and he's ready to kick ass and take names. And it's super cool as someone who's your, you know, as, as, as my friend, I'm like, good. Jordan's getting fired up. Cause a lot of just, uh, a lot of decisions are made about the season based on how you're going at training camp. And I know it didn't used to be like that, but it's always been like that in our team where, you know, if you're going good, you're going to get raced. If you're not going good, well then I'm sorry, you know, you got to go home and get good and then come here. So Jordan, you figured that out early on and it's just your driven nature. You're just super driven man that you are going to make it happen. So like, take, take us through that. Like, what was that like, those early versions of the game? And was it was it a ton of fun for you, or, or were you just soaking it up, or were you just like, hey, this is a hell of a lot better than staring at the wall?
0: Sure, sure, yeah. Um, yeah, so that that whole winter fitness thing is definitely a thing. And I, I remember, I've usually come into camps as one of the fitter guys, and actually to the point where I've had to sort of temper it before because – I ride the trainer and I've been riding to take it back for, you know, to the origin. Um, I decided I wanted to be a cyclist sort of, you oh, know, middle of winter one year Um, when I got tired of running and I got on the trainer and I knew that I had some serious catching up to do to everybody else in the sport. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but um, so I just rode that trainer and I would add 10 minutes every day and I'm watching these old DVDs. And, you know, doing intervals, because what else are you going to do on the trainer to pass the time? And that season, I came to that training camp with a bunch of, you know, wannabe junior cyclists. I couldn't hardly ride the bike, but I was fitter than all of them. And, uh and sort of that, so that was something I stuck with. And the motivation was always there. I knew it was an efficient way to train. Um I went to university for, for five years um out of high school. And so I didn't have this open schedule that a lot of guys Um, And the pro peloton did. And so I still use the trainer, you know, rain or shine a lot of the time. Um, Yeah, so, but it was always hard yards and like you'd have a structured workout with every minute accounted for um, because you didn't want to be bored on that thing. And it it was tough. Um, And so Zwift came along and at the beginning, I sort of treated it like that uh, as a training tool only and I'd have structured ideas of what I wanted to do. But as it grew and the worlds grew, um, you know, so they've added, they added maps and that first map, as I said, six kilometers of road, I think we're well over between all the worlds. We're like into three or 400 kilometers worth of road now, um, wow. with mountains and, and climbs and, you know, volcanoes and all these forests, all this cool thing. So you started to be able to enjoy it. Even that first 2016 year, they'd upgraded it um, to Watopia, which is the main world now. And, uh, yeah, you start to enjoy going on these different routes. Um, and I didn't even have a smart trainer. <laughs> That's the thing to it. Nope, I didn't even have a smart nope. trainer. Yeah, I didn't have a smart trainer until this year. I bought it for the yeah. purpose of racing because a lot of the yeah. races, um, you know, they recommend or even require a smart trainer for validation purposes. Um, so I had this tax magnetic trainer and i've actually had two of them in my entire career as the only trainers i've had and between them over 100,000 kilometers on these things um wow. and so and it had a resistance controller on the hand that you put on the handlebar and so i would match the resistance to what i thought the the road looked like in watopia so make it harder on the hills make it easier on the downhills and sort of created this virtual thing for myself even before i had the technology um, yeah and then 2016 2017 I think you started to see the race community come on. And uh, in the beginning, that was super scattered. You know, I remember getting into it and I was like, oh, you know, I don't feel like really riding that hard. So I'll race in the B field. And little did I know this is a very serious environment. And I got in big trouble, you know, because it was like, you're way too good for the Bs. And I was like, oh, I thought this was just a group ride sort of fun computer game and obviously from there it's become way more solidified and established and we have categories and everybody knows the lay of the land and it's become it's really is just as good as a real race community where we have cat one through five um they have categories and different race types and um sort of as that developed it was very uh it was very interesting and um yeah but as you know and feel, I'm sure, uh, you know, our racing season starts early in March. And um, and it, you spent a lot of the time, especially as a Canadian, on the road. So I didn't race very much on Zwift for the last few years just because I was racing on the road and not at home with the trainer and stuff. Um, and uh, so it took until this year where I was stuck at home and uh, really looking to because I've gotten my fitness back. Um, and I'm feeling really good and I just goal driven. I want something to do. And so we started trying these races and, uh, and yeah, now I've, I've really taken to it and, and I appreciate it even more. So, and I finally bought a smart trainer, uh, the Wahoo kicker in, um, yeah. in April and, uh, it was the, probably other than the power meter, my first power meter, probably the best training investment I've ever made. It's, um, it just changes the game completely.
1: Yeah. I remember us having that conversation too, because it was like, you know, I remember we had, things were closing down for COVID. Literally, we got the notification that Governor Newsom was going to announce the next day, the lockdown stay at home order. And we were scrambling because we were like, what are we going to do? Like Joy and I literally don't even, we have these super old school trainers that are probably not even level. And so we, we, through our network of athletes, somebody had an extra trainer. And so we bought it from them. And it was one of those rock and roll kinetic drive trainers. You know, it's just still a wheel drive, but it was the rock and roll version. So you could have a little bit of movement to it. And I rode that for like a week, right? Uh, and I was like, this is stupid. This is so stupid. And then in that week or so, uh, they deemed bike shops as um, essential. Right. And so then literally the day that they deemed them essential, I went to the local bike shop and was like, what do you got? Right. And I, I was so scared, you know, for everyone at home, I was so scared. Cause it was like, you know, we were thinking like, we might lose our whole business. We don't know what's going on. Why spend a thousand dollars on this trainer? You know, it was a big investment to make. And we just went down there and I was like, look, we're going to just send it. We're going to see what happens. And like you said, like, it's been one of the best investments for us. Because it's allowed us in this time to have Zwift meetups and do all these cool things with our athletes, and I think we're just scratching the surface of some cool things that we can do with it with our athletes now. Um, and besides, from a personal standpoint, like I've been able to race with you, which you know, under normal circumstances, unless you were here tr- at your own personal training camp here in Ukipa or at some of the other houses that people stay at when they come here, like you know, normally at this time there's a bunch of elevate guys here at, at uh in my area and we're always training together because it's just the way we've worked it out over the years but that's obviously not possible now so all of our mexicans they're gone and all my canadians are gone and like you know that that's really difficult to be a team and to be a uh, a well drilled team when you're not able to get together and you know with your help jordan we've really i think we've been able to bring that back to the team and be able to get something for the guys to be excited about even if it's been a little slow to get accepted, it's been pretty cool from that standpoint, huh?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, that's been a huge deal. Um, because from and I don't know how yeah sure certainly amateur racers and I mean even group rides, uh that stuff has been shut down intermittently and stuff. So everybody can relate to the fact that you're used to a uh, a community of people that you uh that you ride bikes with and you challenge each other and Measure each other and, you know, and and lift each other up too. Uh, with the team, we obviously have that in a very acute sense. And I, all of a sudden in, in March or April, we had a couple Zoom calls and it was fun to see everybody on the team. But then a certain point you sort of realized, I guess without racing, there's not a whole lot of reason. There's nothing to talk about with us. And we're the closest group of guys. We all like each other a lot and we, we care about each other. But there is there's really no connection for us in all these different places. We all live in different places without the racing, and so you know, as soon as I saw that they, they had the virtual Redlands Classic, which I think was is you know almost a trial event for this uh, for taking the North American tour onto Zwift. As soon as I saw that, and I saw all of our competitors that we know on there, I thought you know maybe this is the best reason to get the guys together. And try something here. And, and so at least we have a reason to talk to each other, you know, and, and it really obviously evolved into much more than that. But for that reason, Zwift, and I know that you run the group rides with your, uh, with your clients, the meetups and, uh, and yes, just an awesome reason to get together. And it takes down all of the barriers in terms of travel and right now, you know, regulations in terms of groups and stuff like that. It takes down all of that and it, you know, allows you to just pick up where you left off. So very grateful for that aspect. Yeah, you and me both do you and me both because
1: one thing that I've been noticing and maybe talk to me through this, Jordan, is like when I think about our athletes and the people that are listening, like they're already the cream, right? There are people that are committed to their training. they are people that. You, you know, lockdown and COVID and the pandemic has been a lot of things to a lot of people. And I don't want to profess to know what those, all those things are, but a lot of people said, Hey, my health is, is a priority in my life, whether it's the highest priority. Okay. that remains to be seen, but it's, it was, they deemed it a priority. And so everyone was searching for ways for which they could do things. And what I've seen is, uh, you know, some, there's been some loosening in our County where we've gone on some group rides and there's some people that clearly haven't been riding or training, but there are people that have been racing every week. And I know that because I coach a lot of them. Right. And so all of a sudden you have these guys like this discrepancy, like the the degree, the difference between these riders is suddenly significant. Whereas before you would go on a group ride And you would be like, okay, everyone's pretty close. It's a percent here, a percent there. And, you know, it's kind of that marginal gains concept. But now it's like, it's almost like there's a Grand Canyon in between people because there's the people that are like, hey, I couldn't handle it. So all I did was just go out and ride and I didn't even record anything on a computer. And then you have the people that are athletes that have been like, hey, I've been training and I've been doing things. And and maybe for most of them, a component of that at some level has been Zwift racing or Zwift intervals or whatever it has. And like, now all of a sudden you have these people that have essentially the very basics of what is race fitness in these times. And they're just like primed and ready to go. So as soon as some, some sort of intensity hits them, they're just like ready for more. Whereas the other folks are like, as soon as they go anaerobic, they don't have any, you know, they don't have any capacity. They don't have any ability to handle that workload. And so they're either A, immediately dropped or B, they can't, they can't handle it and they can't get better. You know what I mean? Whereas like now I'm seeing our guys are just getting guys and gals are just getting better, you know, with just a little bit of taste of riding with people. And it's so exciting to see. So, you know, from a coaching standpoint and even from your own athletes or what, I mean, what do you see? How do you see that platform serving people yeah. and helping them
0: yeah yes yeah, so i for sure i think uh, i think you can speak to it or i can speak to it on two levels um first the physical that you mentioned in terms of like yeah as soon as it's a virtual race and you can talk all in, all in the world about how it's not real and people are there's lots of ways to cheat but hey i got news for you there's lots of way to cheat in the real world too um and, you know, <laughs> we know a lot. about that so like, I don't think that's a valid, uh, complaint, but, um, but as soon as that flag drops virtually, I think you're, you're reaching levels of intensity that you just wouldn't on your own. Um, you see a lot of guys, maybe and, and gals chasing, um, KOMs right now, uh, outdoors. And that's a good way to get intensity, but I still don't think you get the same level no. of, uh, stimulus as you do trying to hold on to the wheels in this. And they've got the physics engine so well. You know, it's not like real the real world. I wouldn't say it's a replica at all, but it's engaging enough and real enough that you get those accelerations you do on the road, those micro accelerations, changes in cadence and torque that you're never going to get on riding solo, but you only get in racing. And so you get this whole sort of mythology in cycling that you only get to race fitness by racing. And it's true in a certain sense. Um, but no longer do you have to wait till May in the season and get, you know, 10 race days in before you feel that. Um, you can see mm-hmm. that with our guys on our team, the, the guys that have committed to riding the, our practice races, um, on Elevate leading up to these big virtual events. We've done two a week, um, practice events, half an hour, 45 minutes each. And the guys that have taken to that, you've seen massive improvements, um, in, in power output, in how well they're doing in these races. And I'm sure if you took them, if you took our team right now and, and took us to a a bike race, a hypothetical on the road bike race, um, I'm sure the guys that have been racing on Zwift would do better. Um, just from motivation and from a fitness stimulus. Um, so there's that physics, physically for sure. But, uh, I think even more so in, in the time like this with the challenges we're, we're dealing with the mental health part. You talk about health. I think the mental health is so big. Um, and a lot of us rely on this for, for community and, you know, togetherness and purpose as well. And Zwift provides a lot of that, a substitute, you know, a lot of people will tell, tell me who are still sort of Zwift deniers. They'll be like, well, you know, I don't need, I don't need Zwift because I just like going outside and riding my bike, you know, and which is valid. But for me, a lot of the benefit of riding my bike that I love is the community. And, um, and sort of the team aspect and challenging myself among others. And I think you get that in Zwift and, and so in terms of of sort of personal upkeep in a time like this, and in general, there's times, there's seasons in your life where you're not going to be able to get in the car every other weekend and and drive five hours to a bike race. Um, and maybe you still want to keep that in your life. I think Zwift is a great tool for that.
1: Well, in the past, right? Like, how many times have, as a coach, have you seen that story where it's like, hey, man, the bike just takes too much time. And so I let it go, and then poof, five years vanished, or maybe more, 10 years vanished. And suddenly 20 pounds appeared around my midline. And I haven't ridden or done anything, but maybe I went to the gym a couple times, you know, maybe once a month or maybe less you know, and then people want to come back to cycling and it just feels like it's, it might as well be climbing Mount Everest. You know what I mean? It's like, oh my God, it's so big. Right. I mean, you've seen that before. And and, and Zwift is a great way. Like you said, to be like, Hey man, you get a little bit of community, you get all these other things, right? Like, like it can keep you You going until like you said, okay.
0: Yeah. You can put, you can put dates on the calendar that you want to work towards and that's the funny part about that old story that we see in coaching is like, well, I don't have the time or the money or X, Y, and Z, can't take the risk of crashing, of racing. So I'm not going to do that anymore. And you, you sort of see a lot of sort of unfortunate stories where that person then completely loses fitness and any sort of strength and fitness in, in not just sport, but in exercise through cycling, because there's no, there's no um, drive to do it without the racing. Because um, it was never the racing that made them super fit and healthy and and all that. It was the training, but the only reason yes. to do the training was the racing. Was the race? So Zwift is Yeah, Zwift is a nice little shortcut for that, and I think you'll see. I think you'll see a lot of athletes that um that maybe uh have retired from or thinking about retiring from road events because of all of those factors we we talked about. um, Use this. You know, well, I was I was looking at houses today. I was uh, with a real estate agent, and he stopped racing when he was in his early 30s, and he was a cat one racer. And he said, uh, "Well, now I race three times a week on Zwift, and I'm as fit as I've ever been." He took a 20 year gap of not racing and not being, you know, not achieving that level of competition or fitness, and now with Zwift, he's back. Whereas the odds of that happening without that were effectively nil. He was never going to go back to road tripping and and going back and, and risking crashing and crits with a wife and family and a business. Right. So yeah, it, it adds a whole new level, um, to the cycling experience. I think. You
1: know, when we were pre-gaming for this, bro, you said something that really like hit it home. I was trying to figure out, I was trying to express the thing that I really liked about or the thing that I like about it, that I initially, I didn't know was there. And now I, I see and appreciate that. It's like, there's kind of a training element of it and i don't mean training as in physical element it, it's it what i was trying to express is it's like you know in other sports you can't always play on the field right like you like you can't always go to the stadium to play baseball sometimes you have to just go in the backyard and throw the ball you know and and then you just popped off with this incredible statement and i wrote it down because i wanted to share it with everyone and you said hey man it's both the batting cages and the tournament stadium in the same in the same game. And I was like, dude, that was magic. I love it that you've said that because it is the in cages in the sense that, you know, we can just work individual time trials or we can just do really focused intervals, right? Like I, I can't tell you how many times I've read something from one of my athletes saying, Hey, I went out to do my intervals. And then it was like, this was a crazy headwind or there was this crosswind or there, I got a flat tire or something like that. And it's like, it messed up my intervals. And so the ride is short and I didn't do what I, what I needed to, right? And it's like, well, I get it. Life happens, right? And okay, we just scrap that and move forward. But you don't have that on this platform, right? It is the batting cages. You can just pinpoint everything down to the movement and the stroke, just like, uh, you know, golfers just practice their stroke and practice their stroke and practice their stroke. And then when they go to their 18-hole golf course, right? Right they boom, smash a great drive down the fairway. You're like, man, that was what all that practice is for. Cycling is not like that. Cycling is like totally the opposite. It's like all we do is just go down the fairway all day, and we never think about how we might start to get down the fairway efficiently or accurately or anything like that. We just ride miles. Obviously, that's a bit extreme and an overgeneralization, but I love that you brought this thing up. It's like it's both the batting cages and the tournament stadium, and I'd love to hear you say that from both the athlete and the coach side. Like, what what are your, what do you like to see people get out of this, or what do you think people can see? Is there things in here that we can or can't, that we're not even achieving with this yet, or even tools that we're not using? What do you think?
0: For me, um, yes the uh, the uh, Zwift is. I think sometimes people, you know, it's getting a lot of credit these days for sure, but in the past it's been like, ah, oh, it's a silly game. But for me, it's a very unique tool, not only in our sport, but in all sports. The uh, Like you said, I guess, like I said, um, it's a training tool. And then you can actually do the event and simulate the competition very accurately all in the same place. And think of any other sport. Um, you know, it's not like in hockey. Uh, if you've got you can have all the equipment in the world, you can have a pad of ice that's just for you. But it's not like you can go out there and play a game. <laughs> yeah, nope. you can't, right? You got to invite. You got to invite twenty people, and you know you could have all the resources in the world. It's not going to happen. Um, so, yep. and, and Zwift, you can you can take it from practice to fruition, and maybe that's not even the final step. Maybe you take it from from training, doing set intervals, to doing Zwift events that that are similar to what you want to do outside, and uh, and so you can make it a multi-step process. And, and remove all of those barriers and you're 100% right. Intervals are tough. Even, you know, without any bad luck at all or any of those circumstances. Um, you have, you have clients that live in places without hills. Um, yes. you have clients, you have clients that live in, in places where you can't get a more than a five minute stretch of road without stopping. Um, or a bike path where you can't go over 30 K an hour. So, uh, you have all that. And so where are you going to practice your time trial? Uh, when are you going to practice your climbing with that actual inertia that you're dealing with in the real world? Well, with a smart trainer, um, you can go climb the the Zwift. Um, and that's a, that's a 45 to 60 or even more, uh, minute climb at 8%. And if you have your smart trainer, it feels like 8%. You're going to be in the little ring and way up the cassette and you're going to have to put real torque on those pedals. And I have, um, you know, I've had athletes that have trained for the the Maratona Dolomites, which is a yeah. these, are, these are fondo in Italy with five thousand meters of climbing, and mm-hmm. uh, very few people live in a place where they could train for that effectively with the climbs available to them. Um, and and so Zwift is an awesome tool for that. You see, you know, you got to practice the hour long climb. Um, you go do that. Um, and then there's even events on Zwift. Uh, some are presented by the same groups like the Oat Route, uh, France race with all these alpine stages and stuff. They have a Zwift equivalent. So you can sign up for it. No cost. Ride with thousands of other people, just like the real thing. And they put together elevation profiles that are going to be challenging, just like the real thing. So, um, so yeah, as a tool that way, uh, it's very second to none in sport. You know, you can't think of very many other sports where where you can, um, you can go down to your garage and prepare. You could effectively prepare to be a professional athlete in that sport. I mean, heck, we're doing that right now, aren't we? Um, uh, you see some of the very, very best in the world are on Zwift right now preparing. No other sport can you do that from your home really. Um, so, uh, not very many anyway. So it's a, it's a very unique opportunity. And, I maybe took that for granted even myself before this whole, uh you know, COVID thing happened. Um But uh with athletes now, we don't have we don't even have road events to coach athletes for right now in a lot of circumstances. And so Zwift can be just a it can be an all, a one stop shop for all things coaching. And then for us as athletes, a one stop co- shop for for cycling, you know, for this sport that we like doing. So, yeah, it's not to be underestimated that way.
1: That's legit, dude. I think that's well said, Ben. Well said. Um, you know, speaking of that, it is still a game, right? It's still a game, but like, uh, and I don't mean that a negative thing. And I think maybe that's worth, worth commun- communicating is like, I think a lot of people were turned off and I certainly initially, I was like, man, I, I don't like playing video games. I want to be outside. I want to have that wind in my hair. I want to feel that rush going through the corners. Um, But again, as a, as a, father with a, with a two-year-old, I've been like, well, I mean, what's it been Jordan probably for the last like six weeks, you and I've been doing Tuesdays and Thursdays together. It's like, I almost don't even ride my bike outside except on the weekends. Right. But I, I can go do that anytime I need to, because of course we work from home. Right. But, but even then I'm still have, I have the choice and I'm still doing a two and a half or three hour trainer ride, um, on Tuesdays and Thursdays because the intensity, I just can't get it anywhere else and so um talk to me a little bit about the game itself and maybe some maybe some of your tips for everybody or someone who's new or maybe even somebody who's been doing it that that you know cuz you are level 50 so for for everyone who's not familiar with the game and and I'm still learning quite a lot about it like there's 50 levels and Jordan's been like 50 levels like two times over you know something like that so like there, you understand it forward backwards left and right And I think that's important because, uh, for some of us, even like myself, like I just get on it and I pedal. And then like, if you give me a little dog bone tip, I do it. Otherwise I don't spend any time researching it. I don't do any of those things that I probably should, but, um, you know, maybe talk through some of that for some of our athletes that don't do those things.
0: Yes. Yes. Gamers will, uh, gamers would understand this. Uh, anybody that play a video game before. When you first pick the thing up, you're pretty useless at it. There's a lot of minutiae uh, that you won't understand. And, and then you watch people that have played before and you're like, man, they got a, well, the common reaction. And so this is why I'm not surprised that people are dubious about it. So if the common reaction. If you play, you know, Grand Turismo, Gran, uh, Grand Theft Auto, one of these popular video games is, oh, that guy's cheating. You know, you get on there and you're so useless at it. You're like, this is impossible. That guy's cheating um so there are some things to learn eh, because it's a video game and the maybe a large part of because not everybody wants to race it's a smaller part Mm -hmm. of the community for us for us and maybe the high end athletes we coach it's sort of a central part of the game but for most people on there it's not what it's about it's about uh fitness and cycling and and all the things that you know that that entails so um so you get on there and it's gamified. And I think that's part of the success of the platform is that it is a game and there's little carrots that are in front of you. And so the first thing you're confronted with is, um, is you see people flying around on all these cool bikes and, uh, you know, they're flashy and they're different paint and the avatars look different. And there's actually a lot of performance upgrades like, like other video games you, you can play that, um, by playing more, you unlock. And so you, when you talk about the levels, you start at level one. And then you get a certain amount of points for every kilometer or mile that you've covered. Um, first little pro tip for newswifter, put your thing in kilometers. Even if you're from America and you like miles, the kilometers actually give you points quicker than the miles. So you do that. There's the conversion. The conversion isn't exact on there. So that's a little bonus, but, um, uh, but yeah, so you gain points and, um, and you'll move up and like, it's not like these, these things make a massive difference. Um, but uh, when you, it's certainly nice to have a specialized S works bike. It's more aero. It does go faster. You can get the light wheels. You can do all this stuff. And so, one of the things I would recommend for anybody is before you, you shouldn't get on Zwift and just jump in a race right away. Number oh, one, no. you don't you'll you'll, you'll, <laughs> no. you'll you'll feel like yeah, you'll feel like you're at a disadvantage, and you probably are at a few percent disadvantage based on the equipment that you have virtually unlocked. And number two, you have to gain some experience with this, with the physics engine, because it's not like real life. And even if it was, a lot of people could gain experience drafting and negotiating, um, the physics of racing, um, a lot better than they currently do, uh, including us, you know, even at the top level, you can learn to be more efficient. Yeah. So, so I would, you know, the, the best thing to do on Zwift is probably. Try to start riding the different routes. You know, there's so many route options and you can actually get badges and bonus points towards the upgrades if that's what you're keen on by riding these different routes. And there's mountains and there's, uh, there's flats. And as I said, like volcanoes really in kind of engaging stuff. And so that way you get to learn how the smart trainer works, how it simulates the gradients and sort of because it's not exactly perfect. There's a little bit of a delay on, on how it spools up the resistance for the hills and and the downhills uh and so you'd learn that and then you know as you've covered some kilometers virtually probably the group rides are are maybe the one of the best ways to um both accumulate um points if that's your goal um and just to learn the the physics because you'll be in this massive draft pack of people and it won't be it won't be um you know hell for leather pace it'll be pretty reasonable uh you can always find one if your, if your FTP is three watts a kilogram, you can find a group ride that goes at two watts a kilo. That's going to be pretty comfortable and, and so on. So I would recommend jumping into those, learning how the draft works. Um, and certain ones of these group rides always use the companion app, uh, that comes with it, not just the game on your laptop, though, because the companion app has a lot of information on these various rides you can enter and, and you can sort of work your way up and some, you'll find rides that have faster paces. You'll have rides with, little race sections in there so you can start to feel the speed and uh obviously as in real life you travel faster with the group so you're getting more points and so that's what i'd recommend is maybe put you know put a couple couple weeks of you know a few sessions a week an hour or two into into that sort of thing learn the game and then sort of enter the the uh, corral in terms of racing Um, and, uh, and from there, there's, there's still stuff that you need to learn about the racing, but at least, at least you'll know where you are and, and recognize the different factors that go into, into success on the platform. So, uh, so yeah, there's a, I would just be cautious with the onboarding process, put yourself in a friendly environment in terms of, uh, you're going to make mistakes, um, and and the technology probably will take a little bit to figure out just in terms of the connections, the smart trainer. And, uh, but I, I would, I would almost guarantee that in a couple of weeks, it'll be a well-oiled machine and, and you'll feel like you want more out of it.
1: Oh, no doubt about it, man. No doubt about it. And there's two things I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on about your comments. It was like, you know, for a lot of people, you know, you can go down to the local bike shop and it's like, it's like going to get a car to some degree, right? It's like, Hey, it's 0% financing and you don't have to make any payments for 12 months. Like it's super easy to walk out with a $5,000 bike that is, you know, a 5,000 to $8,000 bike, $10,000 bike. Like, uh, you know, know, some people listening are like $10,000 for a bike, but I mean, literally like, there's plenty of people that just walk in and they're like, oh, yeah, I got an $8,000 bike and I bought new shorts, shoes and a, and a helmet and walked out of there with a $10,000 line of credit on that thing. Like, no problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's very easy to do. But what's really interesting to me about Zwift is, like, there's no cheap way to do it. Like, you have to work. You have to pedal the miles to be able to earn the bikes. So when you opened up this commentary and when you were like, oh, there's all these flashy bikes and they're going around, like one of those bikes is the Tron bike, right? And so one of those bikes, it's like, there's no other way to get it than by putting in the case. There's no other way to get it, you know? And so, like, what do you enjoy most in this world or what do you appreciate and covet most in the world? The things you've had to work for, right? And so it becomes like a badge of pride, like when you're riding with all these people and you're a new person and you're, you know, you're the FNG, you're like... Oh man, that is like so awesome. And there's only one way to get that. you got to put in the case, you know? And, and what's cool is that's like young or old. It doesn't, it's not like you have to be super fast to get it. You just got to be disciplined. You just got to get on there and do it. And So I think that's kind of an interesting and unique thing that like, you have people of all skill levels rolling around being very prideful because like, it's hard to get to level 20, man. It's hard to get to level 30. It's hard to get to level 35. Like, come on, bro
0: let's put it this way motivational let's put it this way so that tron bike which uh, if anybody's taken a look at Swift you'll see you'll see you know a fair few of them out there um to get this bike it's it's a kind of a copy of the movie tron with you know bright neon lights and it doesn't really have wheels it has these these power band um you know light beams it looks really futuristic and really cool and it's one of the fastest bikes in the game it's not, you know, a cheat code or anything. It's just, it's just very, it's fast and it's cool. Um, and to get that bike, you have to climb 50,000 meters or I guess in, in America, that's, uh, yeah, almost 180,000, know, 180,000 180, feet, something like that, one hundred sixty seventy. Um, so that's, a, that's a ton. And, uh, and I don't, I'm sure as a coach, if you looked at your athletes training logs and maybe looked at sort of the recreational athletes, I don't think very many of them would put 50,000 meters in in a year, two years, three years, no like that's a ton. That's a ton. Yeah, but if no you way. look on this no if you look in the Swift community, you'll find riders that are, you know, mothers of three, you know, working a full-time job, um, FTP of 2 watts a kilo just doing this for fitness, and you'll see them with these Tron bikes. And as you said, there's no other way to do it other than to put in the work. And with that motivation, you can chart your progress. And, uh, and yeah, these people that you would never have, would never have put in that workload in the, in the real world without that carrot have climbed 50,000 meters. Um, so that's, you know, that's the power of that gamification. And I think a lot of people realize it for the first time because they're from a different age demographic. You know, my age demographic and certainly younger, millennial and younger. We're used to video games and we're used to that leveling up. It's pretty addictive. But I think you know you'll see some of the uh, your your uh, older coaching clients get on there and they they get feel this for the first time this sort of virtual gratification and uh, and that's not a bad thing at all because you're putting in the physical work you're actually making yourself better in this case instead yes. of tapping away on a tapping away on a keyboard or controller maybe that's you could see that's a waste of time but this you know you're harnessing that that power those brain switches that are getting that are getting pulled uh, for good. So you can you some incredible things.
1: Couldn't agree more, dude. I, I, again, I've been, I, I was a bit of a naysayer about it. And I remember you and I having a conversation being like, man, you know, I don't know. And then you were like, you know, you were like, Hey man, try it out. And then here I was like three weeks later, like, dude, buy a trainer. You can just do it. You know, and, 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 you know here we are. Yeah, that's, whatever, the funniest,
0: that's the funniest story of the whole thing is that I'm trying to convince you for, you know, for so long to get on this, or at least singing the praises of Zwift, and then Brian's the one telling me to buy the nice trainer, because I'm old old school, and, uh, you know, I don't need that, but, yeah, that's another Uh, one tip is, I know, you know, you can, that's the good thing, too, is you can totally try this thing out with all you need is is a trainer of any variety, and a cadence sensor, and a uh, speed sensor, that have Bluetooth or Amp Plus, so almost anybody that rides consistently has those tools um, at their yeah. disposal. And if and if you don't, maybe three hundred bucks, you can get all of that done. And and with that, the game will calculate your power from that information. And it's not super accurate, but you can partake and uh, you can sort of start to use this thing. And as I said, I'm sure you'll start to enjoy it after a couple of weeks, and then you can make the decision to step up to a smart trainer. And those sort of range from 500 on the low end to you can spend two grand but you certainly don't need to um and I, if you're going to take this as as a big part of your cycling experience uh in your life then i would The smart trainer is a great investment um, it just makes it and it, it, it makes subtle. you feel good you know it yeah it's subtle all the things about it are subtle in the way it simulates the resistance and uh and sort of gives you the feedback but all of it adds up to an experience where you can really feel the draft and and, uh, and all of those things that you feel in real life that when most people get on a trainer and they start, they're like, Oh, this is drudgery. I'm just pedaling the same gear against the same resistance, you know, and it's so boring. Well, the smart trainer changes all that right away because it can change your resistance input every second, you know, on the road based on, based on oh, who yeah. you're behind, what, what hill you're going on. So even just physically, it's much more, uh, it's much more engaging. Uh, so yeah, I would recommend that, but low barrier of entry and in our sport anyway, I know $300 is not nothing, but in our sport, you can spend that on a pair of shorts. So, um, Oh yeah, know, it's definitely, it's definitely worth checking out. And at this point, it's so ubiquitous among our, our, uh, community that I'm sure somebody uh, would have a smart train can try. And, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, all of this to say we're, we're, you know, waxing poetic about it and, and how good it is, is never going to replace the real thing. Some of those things Brian mentioned, or you mentioned Brian about yeah. the, uh, the wind in your hair, the cornering, the technique—those things are part of cycling that I never want to lose, and I never want to, you know. And and those will always be better um, than the virtual thing. But um, but certainly, you know, I don't know why you can have both. It's not mutually exclusive. Oh yeah, absolutely, bro,
1: absolutely. You know, and the other thing I wanted to bring up with you about was was preparation, because you know, I, I think it's important for us to share. You know, people probably, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you've consumed plenty of cycling news, cycling tips, velo news, wherever you go, Pez Cycling News, wherever you get your 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 uh, cycling updates from. And you've forever seen this kind of exclusive thought of, you know, training camps and being able to recon, you know, and it costs a lot of money, right? So you send you know, a group of guys to do a recon camp for Peru Bay, or you send a group of guys or gals to do a recon camp of the Alpine stages of the Tour de France or the, you know, the Dolomites for the Giro or whatever it is, right? That gets really expensive, but like, you know, it's, it's something that you go there and you and I have done it for the Tour of Utah multiple times where, you know, and even for the Tour of Taiwan, we've done it where we've gone over there, you ride all as much of the kilometers of the stage as you can. So you can see it when you layer up the inputs in a race and you, you amplify what's going on, right? Like all of a sudden there's so much happening in that moment. You know, you want to have seen something before. And and the things that you want to have you want to lower the anxiety and stress in that moment so that you can make clear decisions and be and anticipate what's going on. Right. And something that I thought was really cool about this last Joe Martin stage race that we did was it wasn't just like, hey, okay, we're going to race at this time virtually, see you there. Right. Like you did your homework. You rode the Bologna time trial uh, multiple different times. You and I rode it together twice. Um, and, and I'm hoping you'll take us through that both with the kind of IRL in real life methodology of, of what you've done in real life in training camps and what you kind of did on this, because I think that can be really cool for people to, to realize, like, it gives you a chance to go down a rabbit hole that you would never probably be able to do. Cause if you're going to do the, the Maratona de Dolomites, like you're not going there, you're just going to go there on race day and run what you've run, you know, whereas yeah. this like, you know, with the virtual thing, you could have done it before. You could have a, like the best idea of what's going on. You could know what it feels like to be on a fourteen percent grade for a kilometer. You know what that's going to feel like because you can't replicate that around your house. So this can be a really, really powerful tool. And I know you've used it for that. So maybe we can talk through that a little bit.
0: Yeah. So from a so from that that um, maybe the biggest the biggest bling factor of Zwift that's coming is is the uh, real life courses that are simulated within and some other platforms like Ruby um, and others also do that. You know, they build, they build the courses of the real life courses into the platform and simulate the gradients and even the scenery, which, uh, you know, from a, if you're going to ride it in real life, you can actually ride these things and get a feel for where the, the markers are of, you know, that the Alta Zwift, for example, is actually, uh, uh, almost exact replica of the real thing. It's a bit shorter, but those hairpins are in the same places, and you can get a feeling of of how the climb is as it progresses. And so, so the platform is, you know, that's um the London course, for example, has Box Hill, which is one of the more popular um KOMs in the UK, and it's a good replica of that. Um, so you start to see that that the real life courses are are replicated in Zwift and you can actually recon stuff and it's a little limited right now. So you have London, you have the world championship course in Innsbruck, you have a few others, the Alps Zwift. And so if you're doing a sort of a marquee event in Europe, maybe, which are, you know, becoming a popular goal for a lot of athletes, you can definitely recon some of it on Zwift, but that's going to grow a lot. And you see even this month, they have the Tour de France um, virtually and they built the Mont Ventoux. And they actually did that very quickly. They, they, they had about six or eight weeks notice on that, I, I think. Um, and they mm-hmm. built this, it's an exact replica and it even has the memorial of Tom Simpson on the side of the road. Um, just no. as it does in real life. Yeah. They've done that much. Um, you know, it's that immersive. So you're going to start to see that come up in a hurry. And, and, you know, I'm not a super, like I'm not wedded to Zwift as a platform. I have, I have guys, as I said, the marathon and things like that. If that's your goal, like a platform like Ruby, you can get a lot of these iconic climbs, even ones in North America. Um, you can have, uh, there are more video replicas that you pedal through, um, but it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be an exact physical replica that you can train on. So all of that is really cool. And that, as a tool for training athletes, that's great. Um, but uh, the second aspect of that is, yeah, one of the cool things we get to do as professionals is recon race courses. Um and it's a very, a lot of the questions you get as a professional is like, oh, how did you know that course was going to be that way? And what kind of preparation and the training camps and what do you do? How do you take it in and what kind of impact does that have on your race? And the answer to that last question is it's a big impact. Seeing this stuff ahead of time, I think that's a big, you know, that was a success, a sort of a, a black swan almost that that Paul, our team director, exploited in the tour of Utah that gave gave the team, even before I was on it, success was. He was in the only teams that reconned every stage of the Tour of Utah ahead of time. And when it came yeah. time to do the, to do the thing, you know, guys like James Foley were, were prepared exactly for the courses and had success ahead of guys that had, uh, that hadn't done that legwork. So it's a big, it's a big thing. And it's really rewarding too, to do that homework and field on race day. And so as a Zwifter, um, even if all you'd ever do is the Zwift races, you can do that recon. And you can go online and read about the courses and then you can, you can pre-ride it. I mean, what other race in the, in the world can you go and do a lap, a solo private lap of the course, um, beforehand at whatever pace you want and then go and race the real thing, you know, and you can do as much or as little of the course. You can just go to the climb and do it and then just go to the start pen automatically. You know, that stuff's, that's really cool aspect. So you do your homework and. And it does help. It really does help in the races. Even week to week, we've repeated some of the courses in our practice races and guys have learned how to handle these undulations and, and split points a lot better. And so even if you're a cat D race or a cat five on the road, you can have this experience of like, you know, maybe you're not the physically most talented racer in the bunch. Um, and you know that on raw, on raw physicality, you can't win the race, but if you know exactly where the, where the pinch points on the course are and the other guys haven't done the, uh, the homework. Um, yeah, you, you know, uh, you can, you can win the race that way. It did happen. So, um, yeah, massive advantage. And then from my experience, Joe Martin actually was the best example of that kind of prep for me. Um, and, and I think the guys that did well in that race did the homework, um, because it was this, this opening time trial, which determined most of the GC. Was, uh, it's an eight kilometer course, five miles, and the first six kilometers are, are fairly flat and even downhill in sections. And the last two kilometers average over 10%. So it's completely polarized course. And if anybody's been, if anybody's ridden time trials, you know that you want to put more power in where you're going slowest. So more power when you're in the headwind than in the tailwind, more power up the hill than down the hill. Um, that's how you make time. Uh, it's physics. Um, smarter people than me have figured that out. Um, and so for this course, I read, I read all the stuff online. I wrote it myself and experienced it. You make your time on that uphill. You know, you want to steady pace on the, on the flat, but this is a 13 minute effort. And so a lot of guys, I think entered that and they're like, well, I can hold 400 watts for 13 minutes. I'm going to go out at 400. I'm going to finish at 400 if I got a little extra in the last minute, maybe I'll hit 420 or whatever, and that'll be a great effort for me. Well, if you do your homework on this course, you know that you should do 360 for the first, you know, or 340 even for the first six kilometers, and then 450 for the last, you know, the last uh, two kilometers, which actually take as much time as those flat kilometers. So um, So yeah, I did the homework on that, the preparation. I wrote it with you a couple times easy. I actually did a full effort, um, a full effort test on it the week of. And so I, uh, I got to feel what it would feel like going in a certain tower and I adjusted my pacing plan. Actually, I wanted to go even easier on the flat part than I did in that test. And then when it came to race day, um, I thought that everybody would have that plan, but it turned out that a lot of guys went out at that steady pace. And I hit mm-hmm. the bottom. There was, a, there was 150 guys, you know, say in this race. I hit the bottom of that climb in 60th. Um, so halfway through the race, I'm 60th. And, uh, you know, if I hadn't done the research, I would have been pretty angry at that point, but I did. And I, you know, I made it up this climb and ended up coming second. So I passed, I passed 50, 58 riders on the way up, um, uh, up this hill because I'd done the homework and, that stuff happens in real life too, you know, that happens in real life 100%. Those, those research, uh, those things you research and, and how to pace time trials, especially. Um, so yeah, that's, that was the preparation. That makes it so much more rewarding because this score can be kind of, um, can be kind of tough sometimes when it's all about the power and it's all about the legs. And, you know, a lot of times you know that there's people out there that are better than you physiologically. And so when there's an opportunity to be smart about things, um and and sort of uh and sort of take it to another level um preparation wise that's what we're talking about preparation that's very rewarding um and it makes this sport special compared to say running or swimming where it's just you know whoever's the fastest is the fastest um so yeah that's a cool part about Zwift is that everybody can experience that preparation aspect and You know, long story long, you even see athletes, the Alpe to Zwift has become a very big challenge on on Zwift of, of, you know, people try to go under an hour for that effort. And that requires about 3.5 watts a kilogram, which is a fair amount. Um, And people prep for that. They're like, uh, you know, there's a whole community of, you know, where do you put the power down? How do you start this? My FTP is this, you know, where are the steepest parts? And so this becomes a project and it's very rewarding when you put that kind of work into it. At the end, um, because you physically have done your best effort, but really mentally and work ethic wise, you put in the the hard yards. So that's a that's a great. That's
1: that's cool. I like that. That hard yards. I like that, dude. That's pretty cool. You know, something I think that we got to add just a little bit of color to for everybody is uh, the Zwift time trial was really interesting because this time around it was an individual time trial. And so you talked a lot about the physics of the game. But uh, the virtual Joe Martin had a time trial and two road races, and the time trial was supposed to be individual, where just like in a real time trial, we would go on one-minute intervals or whatever, and there'd be no drafting. Okay, well, because it's a video game, they just poof, they can turn off the, uh, the physics of it, right? So it's like, okay, there's no drafting yeah yeah and that was really cool but 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 something interesting happened. a last minute change happened, and it was a mass start, and they turned off the drafting and so it was really interesting to me to watch because again, this was televised, and of course, I'm in the game doing it, but Joy's in the other room watching it and what's really fascinating is like the way that the announcers we went back and watched it the way that they had thought it would unfold was basically like the top 10 GC guys would be the top 10 guys all day. Like it it hadn't even registered in their minds that a guy could go from 60th place to second on the road. And I remember them like, you know, watching it again and them being like, Jordan Chain is passing people like a man possessed. Like they were just going crazy. They're like, they'd never seen something like that before. And I thought it was really cool just from a a standpoint of like, it showed, it revealed in that one moment, like how many layers there are to cycling. Because a lot of people, even now to this day, people think that cycling is simple and you just push the pedals hard. And I guess they're not wrong, right? But there's so many layers because maybe you need to push a little less now so that you can get a little more later, right? And that's what you did. You went out there and you you were completely disciplined to your program because you've done the preparation. You've done the research, you've done that, you know, five, 10 times and you just knew what you were going to do and you did it and it paid off. And it was like, for, for me as your friend and your teammate, I was like, oh bro, like fantastic, like high five, you know, obviously virtual, but it was really, really impressive. But I think that's something cool for people to understand is that, that there's like this incredible game component of it where you're like, okay, cool. We're like, we're playing a video game where there's drafting and there's strategy and okay, Jordan's on the front at six watts a kilo, Brian can hang on at four and a half, you know, behind him, right? This kind of stuff. But then there's this other notion where it's like, Hey, there was the rung, what you brung and you got to do what you can, even though it looks like we're all galloping horses towards the same goal. Some people were galloping at a smarter pace than others, yeah. you know, as
0: a product, you know, and maybe this isn't so much about our coaching and this is more about cycling as a whole and marketability, you know, cycling it's sort of France sells itself. It's a huge event, whatever. Um, everybody that, that wants to watch that watches that. I mean, but still you get these complaints of like, this is boring. Nothing's happening. You know, like, and, uh, and how do I know what's happening? Everybody looks the same. Like, how do I know who's putting this effort in and who's not? And so with Zwift, with like some of that poof, you know, that magic that they have, um, they can take a time trial, which, I mean, I imagine that on television, those have got to be the lowest rated stages. Uh, television ratings was yeah. out of the tour, because it's one guy at a time. And for us in the sport, we're like, man, that is that is the race of truth. And you you know what those guys are going through. So it's super tense and interesting. But for the average fan, it's it's a guy riding a silly looking bike, you know, with a silly looking helmet in a field. And you don't know who's winning. And you can't tell if one guy's going 51k an hour and one guy's going 47. You can't see that. But with Zwift, we can take some of these things that are very interesting to us because we know what's going on, and you can present them visually in a way that everybody can understand. So this time trial, instead of having us separately go and wait for our times and all this, you can see everybody in the course at once making their progress. And even though there's no actual physical competition between us at the time, it's presented in that way. And yeah, it was electric, you know, I mean, tooting my own horn, but the whole thing was very exciting. Um, you know, and in the next room, I had my mom and my wife, Emily, watching. And I could even tell at the beginning, you know, there's a, there's a hushed tones because I'm so far back and I'm not on the broadcast at all. And you can feel that tension build as I'm, as I'm coming through the field and stuff. And you don't get that watching. Like my wife doesn't like watching time trials that I ride because nothing goes on. So, uh, you know, you come across the. Yeah, you come across the finish line and she's like, uh, do you think you won? And I was like, maybe? I don't know. So, uh, yeah. so Zwift, uh, it has this visual component. Um, and you know, there's downsides right now that you got to figure out exactly how to show all the riders. And sometimes it gets a little glitchy that way, but there's potential there in, in packaging this in a way that, that uh, a lot of people can enjoy. And if we talk about for a minute, even the appeal of this event, um, 90,000 people tuned in over the course of three days to watch this thing on Facebook. You know, it's not on TV. It's it's on a Facebook broadcast in and basically only shared among interested parties. So this thing has massive potential. Like, that's a lot of eyes. And if we went to the real-life uh, Joe Martin stage race, uh, stages one through three, I think we might have a few hundred spectators and maybe the crit, we might have a couple thousand so uh you know maybe. in terms of internet and, it, and, and it's not a yeah and it's not on tv and it and it shouldn't be on tv because um because it's not visually interesting maybe the crit is but the rest of it the you know so so Zrift has big potential there and uh i'm not sure that what what that means for the every the everyday athlete right now um other than you know it, it gives us a chance to enjoy the sport um in a different way and that's cool and i and this, this company's moving very quickly. They have a lot of power behind what they're doing in terms of intellect and innovation. And so I would expect more things to come, um, in terms of the product for us to enjoy. And, and I enjoy it too, you know, even though I'm racing at a top level on there, I'll tune in and watch the USA cycling crit series on Facebook and watch some of the guys that I know race that thing because it's interesting. And the races are like 30 or 40 minutes and I can have it on in the background and then tune in and. The commentators are great now. They know what's going on. So as a consumer product that way, I think it's really good, too.
1: That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Uh, You know, something I wanted to ask you was, you know, because most of our athletes are either using it uh, or maybe they're using it sparingly or maybe they're even racing every week. You know, we kind of have that whole broad spectrum of folks. But do you have any like kind of I know you kind of already told us, uh, hey, put your put your. uh computer in kilometers rather than miles. But do you have any like hacks, tips or tricks or anything like that, that you would tell anybody who's kind of like either new to it or what they might consider as a low level?
0: Yeah, sure. I think there's, there's some stuff for sure. Um, you know, and speaking probably more to your clients than my Canadian clients. Um, if you're not used to training indoors, buy yourself a fan and buy yourself a good fan. You know, I use a, it's lasco yeah, or and it's, multiple instruction yeah my mine's a construction like a paint drying or a ventilation fan and you think that's overkill but you put out for every watt you put to the pedals you put out four watts of heat so you know you you can actually you may you have a little barbecue going if you're cooking along and without that wind that you get on the road to cool you um you're gonna cook in a hurry and and if you're uninitiated to the process you're just gonna think it's really hard and that you kind of suck but it's really that overheating that's getting you so fan number one towel, all that stuff. Um, you know, treat it like a normal ride in terms of having your nutrition available, your hydration available, that stuff. Um, and, and, uh, yeah. And like, I think obviously the entertainment and stuff, you know, it's, it's engaging on one hand, but on the other, you can, you can put turn on some music and all that, the typical trainer tips, I guess, uh, to make it more, uh, more appealing. Um, so yeah that stuff takes care of the physical side you just got to have that um, smart trainer like I said that's a great investment and then once you get in the game especially for cyclists maybe on the more recreational end um, or even just kind of new to the feeling of riding on on a trainer uh, you can adjust the trainer difficulty so if you have your trainer's difficulty at 100% basically, uh, an 8% grade in the game will feel like an 8% grade in real life. So you're going to need to be in the little ring. You're going to need to be in the 21 or something like that, and maybe getting out of the saddle for that 8% grade, which is cool. But if you're new and you don't know how this resistance works, or if you're maybe not even that strong and you don't, and you hate those kind of hills, you can actually adjust that difficulty. So if you put it at 50%, turns the eight percent grade into a four percent grade and you can all of a sudden maybe you know pedal it in the big ring or in the or in the lower cog and have and spin at 90 rpm so that's a great tip for people um and it doesn't mean you're cheating you still have to make the same amount of watts to go the same amount of distance it just basically changes um it changes what gears you can use and the inertia so uh that's a that's an important one for people um yeah and early on tips. I I would just take advantage of those group rides and because even if you look for C and D level group rides um those those group rides are going to include a lot of tips uh along the way that you might not have thought of um they're sort of a narrated ride the the, the group leader will have uh, some instructions and um take you through different different things um I would maybe even use the workout mode of the Zwift and so if your coach gives you a workout this is an easy transition instead of sort of, you know, looking at this big virtual world with thousands of riders pedaling around and races and all this stuff you've never done before. Um, you can use workout mode and just simply, I think you can even connect it to training because I've not done it, but yes. you can just yes. put, you can put your workout, um, cadence, uh, resistance, power, um, heart rate, all that stuff. You put it goals and targets, you put it into the workout builder takes, you know, four or five minutes. And then uh, and then it'll take you through that workout on the game. And if you have a smart trainer, you can use the ERG function. And so if, you, if the workout says 300 watts, the trainer will be set at 300 watts and you'll have to pedal accordingly. And so that can be a really cool way to take the workout you're going to do anyway and do it in this virtual world and uh, and get a feel for it as you go and sort of build some confidence. So I would do all that thing and and yeah, like I said before, try all the different routes and things like that and engage in the community. You know, there's some good Facebook groups and stuff. If you have questions about the the experience, Zwift Riders and Zwift Insider, those are both great groups Um because Zwift is a huge company. And so early on, you could sort of, you'd phone up support and, and get an answer for your generic question about your, you know, your cadence sensor or whatever problem you were having. And they would answer it, but now it's, it's a huge company. You're not going to get those answers like you want to, but the community is great. So you post a question in, in like Zwift insiders with riders and, and you'll get an answer from somebody that probably was in your position a couple weeks ago before they figured it out, you know? So, uh, <laughs> that's a great, that's a great thing too. Cause how did we all get into cycling? We, we were riding around like idiots in basketball shorts and probably with the seat way too low and all the, doing everything wrong and then we bumped into a group right with some experienced riders and they showed us how to do things um and so on zwift you can kind of get that process right away and learn real life things like all that pacing stuff we just had we just talked about those communities if you ask them how do i ride this course fast they'll help you do all that they'll tell you what bike to pick they'll tell you how to pace it they'll tell you what workouts you might want to do all that stuff so um yeah as a learning tool in the sport i almost think you see a lot of it appealing to elite racers in terms of like this is where you can throw down but i actually think at the lower level of the sport the introduction it offers even more um in that community oh yeah because there's oh there's hundreds there's hundreds of thousands of riders you know in my hometown i would go to the group ride and there was five guys on a good night um and And no one wants to talk (laughs) yeah yeah exactly well they're all they all want to beat you you know and, and yeah, if, yeah, if yeah. you're a woman if you were a young woman trying to take up cycling where i was i don't think i ever saw a female cyclist maybe once or maybe there's one or two right um as i developed early days it certainly was just a bunch of dudes and and they rode it like 35k an hour which for me at the beginning was uh was cooking and so but in zwift you know there's dedicated women's groups there's dedicated um beginners groups there's everything uh I you know it's uh I have coach I have a uh, coaching clients that ride recumbents um and I think that there's actually a community of of recumbent riders you know and they do team time trials together and so no. they know they have the, they have a shared experience yeah they do and and uh, wow and so yeah you get every kind of niche um and they help each other and lift each other up so um yeah I think that that's a bonus that you can't neglect either um and. And if you maybe aren't the most social person, and like you said, maybe people don't want to talk when they're riding and and all that, uh, Zwift is totally different. You can chat on there, you can chat on Facebook, all that stuff. It's really open book type of of feel. So, um, yeah, I'd recommend that, that process for people.
1: That's some cool stuff, dude. There was two things that I took notes on there while you were taking, uh, you were talking, but, um, the, The trainer difficulty, I think, is really interesting because one thing I had to learn as I've been going through this is like we don't recognize how much we learn from the inputs from our vision. Right. And so like when you're riding, you know, okay, that looks like that's going to be an incline. So I better start pedaling more. And so out in the real world, you have all those inputs and they're just kind of on autopilot. It's like driving your car. Right. Like you kind of know how long you need to be able to move from the left lane to the right lane if it's a four lane highway before you get off at the freeway exit. Right. Like everyone knows those things because they've done it so many times. Right. But that's not there for them uh, initially in uh, Zwift. And so it's been really cool to think about how the trainer difficulty can help people go, Oh man, now I'm on a hill. And that didn't just stop their legs. Cause what happens is like, you're immediately on the climb and you didn't realize that you're like on the climb right now. And it stops your cadence. And if you don't have that musculature that developed muscle strength to get on top of the gear, dude, you're in for a bad few minutes. I could tell you that. And so if you're new to cycling are new to Zwifting that can that's a really really helpful tip Jordan that's great buddy
0: yeah you can turn it down to even 20 percent so you feel the you feel the gradients but you know they're minor and so you're always in the big ring um, and you can stay within a few years and then you'll learn the maps and you'll know um, the gradients are you know that's a kind of value add to Zwift over the real world is the gradients appear in the top right of the screen and so it'll tell you how steep the hill is you're on and it's color-coded and so you learn to recognize like oh i'm gonna head up a climb that's gonna be 10 percent. it's gonna be red that means i gotta pedal hard and that means i gotta shift into the little ring for this trainer difficulty to work um uh you'll build up to that but yeah the trainer difficulty is a big thing and uh yeah it makes it more accessible to people because they can ride anywhere on the map uh without um, without installing a 30, 32 ratio on their bike. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, that's really good. You know, and the other thing about that fan from a coach standpoint, I can't, I can't overstate that enough having that fan. Um, I happen to have a two year old and, uh, the nugget, he, uh, he'll come out there and he just loves to push buttons. So like he'll just push the button for the fan on and off. I'll kill you or on. on and off, and it's like usually it ends with him turning it off and then running away because he's a two year old and his listening skills are terrible he just keeps going right and so it's like now I'm riding the next ten minutes until joy comes out to save me you know and put turn it on but that's just like one fan and and I say that that's just my own personal experience and it's kind of kind of funny, but you know I' an athlete that I coach that uh It lives in Bakersfield, and his, uh, you know, his workouts pain cave is in the garage, you know. And then all of a sudden, it's like it's a hundred degrees in there. You know, you have to have that fan. You have to have ice. You have to have like, you know. I know you can't just dump water all over yourself and out there, but you know, you got to have a way to cool yourself because otherwise, all you do is overheat. And you know, regardless of what the end result was, when we all watched the two thousand six Tour de France, and we saw you know, Floyd Landis ride away on that breakaway and dump 23 bottles of water over his head. And then everyone tell us that it was because he was trying to not overheat and he could keep his power up. Right. Like that is true. Right. Even if he was keeping his power up with other things like, you know, that was really true. And so we really want to make sure that for any of our athletes listening, you got to keep the core temperature down, you know, I
0: mean, equivalently equivalent on the other side of it you know in the preparation way the trainer can be a very good tool to prepare for hot races um because yes. of that factor because you can dial in your temperature and i actually had the most success with that um in 2017 it was october um or rather the race was in october it was at the tour of Hainan, which is in a tropical region of china and in that time of year the the temperatures are Sort of 90-90, 90 Fahrenheit, 90% humidity. Very, very oppressive if you're not used to it. Um, and so, but I'm here in October living on a ski hill and it's snowing outside. And, uh, even in the valley where I can do some training, it's, you know, it's 50 Fahrenheit at, at the most. So I, you know, I can't prepare for those conditions. And in that time, I spent a, you know, I do a couple rides a week where the last hour I might train outside and the last hour of my ride, I'd come in, put on a rain jacket. Or even a thermal, uh, crank up the radiator in the garage and, and no fan for an hour at, you know, at an easy pace for me, like 200 watts or something and, and sweat my ass off, you know, and really, and feel that heat. And, uh, you know, there's lots of studies on that process, that acclimation process, the blood plasma and all that. So you can get those adaptations. And, uh, let me tell you, watching Zwift instead of a brick wall during that, uh, that oppressive hot hour was, uh, that was a good thing for me um because it's hard to do but um as a hack as a preparation tool that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty interesting way to use it
1: i love it dude that's great feedback bro man I, i've had you on here for like 75 minutes dude uh is there anything like i'm good to keep going but like do you want to you want to wrap this thing up is there anything else you want to close with what are, what are your thoughts
0: uh i mean i could talk about this all all day it's uh I don't know, it's in a time of, of our cycling career, and even before any of this COVID stuff, it's become a challenging environment for us at the top level Um, to continue the growth of the sport, or even, you know, keep it at the level in terms of sponsorship, in terms of racing opportunity. Things are getting difficult. Um, You know, there's always new opportunities uh, in racing, but there's a lot of races that have left and sponsors that have left. And I see that for us as a big growth potential is indoor racing because you know that the subscription is 15 bucks a month or whatever the smart trainer can cost a, a bit of money but after that this is this is free racing there's no restrictions on you and you know the way it's going there's sponsors coming into it where where we can race for money and we can race for exposure we're already doing that we can race for rankings you know so i think it's a big uh and in terms of in terms of validation, in terms of accuracy and sort of anti-doping, if you want to call it that, that stuff's developing. The courses are developing. I would say in five years, you're going to have an engine, a physics engine and uh, a trainer that has steering and that, that there's going to be navigation within this game and in the pack. So it is only going to get better in terms of realism and uh, and probably consumer appeal from an audience perspective. And I think all of that trickles down or maybe it's built upon the consumer experience um, for the average athlete using it. Um, There's no barrier of entry there and it's only going to get bigger. And so, eh, you know, road cycling eh, can be a negative place. Sometimes we talk about the doom and gloom and, you know, how hard it is to get certain things going. Maybe that's more the case, how hard it is to, to make a successful race and, And even as an athlete, how expensive it can be and how dangerous it can be. All legitimate concerns. And maybe for folks, this has been a revelation for you and maybe, or for me rather, and maybe for you as well, that that this is, yeah, that this is a real positive area of the sport. So, you know, check it out. It's not going to tick all those boxes. It never will. It never is going to be, it's never going to be the ultimate cycling experience. That's, that's going to be cycling outside, but, um, you know, it's, it's something to check out and, uh, I would encourage people to do that. And, and as a coach, it opens new doors. Um, and, uh, and overall, I think, yeah, it's a positive area. So, uh, and now is a time to maybe there's more reason to ever to check it out.
1: No doubt about it, bro. No doubt about it. How, um, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, Peak form coaching. I know, you know, you're always writing stuff. You've written some stuff for Zwift Insider, done some cool stuff. And those are great articles. I can't recommend those enough. You know, we obviously share those uh, joy shares those through the elevate team page and stuff like that. But when people want to get a hold of you, they want to check out what you're doing uh, and what's going on over at peak form.
0: How do they do that? I appreciate that. Uh, Yeah. So if you want to, if you want to read more, if if what I'm saying kind of makes sense, on the Zwift topic, and you want to read more of uh of my take on all that, I uh, I do write. It's a Zwift Insider. It's kind of the premier site for um for Zwift commentary, advice, tips, all that stuff. Um, and sort of daily news too. Like you know, once you, once you're in it, you kind of want to know what's going on on the platform. And so I write on there. Um, and there you have a Facebook group as well. Um, and then for my coaching, um, you know, I can I have a couple open slots for athletes. I coach people from everybody from Fondo from uh long course triathlon right up to your top level racers. Um, and that's peak for form Um, and, uh, that's probably, there's a contact uh, box for that on there. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Strava, all those, uh, Instagram, you know, I'm not, I'm not a social media maven, but I'm certainly available and the, uh, yeah, we can talk Zwift or anything else. And, uh, you know, think there's still a lot to get out of get out of uh this season and you know depending on how things go even if racing doesn't open up in the way that we're used to uh there's new challenges to take on and uh and we can work towards that
1: i love it dude i love it well you know we always close these things out with a little gratuity uh anything on top of your head that you're thankful for anything you want to share with everybody
0: um yeah i mean i guess we've been you know, we've been, uh, being thankful for this platform the whole time and and sort of grateful for what that brings to the table. But in, uh, in this whole thing, I got to be grateful to the, to you and to the team of guys that have sort of followed me onto this, uh, this crazy online racing journey. Um, yeah, because that's, that side, that team aspect is why I love this sport in the first place is being part of a, being part of an effort um, with a group of like-minded people. And so I'm grateful that, uh, that you guys have taken that up with me. And uh, I'm grateful for the opportunity to throw down with you, even though we're spread across uh, three different countries. We throw down twice a week at 10 a.m. So that's uh, that's good times. And, um, um, you know, we live in a time where that's possible. That's pretty good stuff.
1: Yeah, that technology is pretty cool. And I think I'll echo those sentiments as well, just from the standpoint that, You know, I've been really working through trying to figure out like, well, what is intrinsic motivation versus extrinsic motivation? And I think that's something we could go down the rabbit hole on for a while, but but I think it's been fascinating to see so many of our athletes are intrinsically motivated. And so we just had to redirect, like, okay, there's no events. Now what? Right. So if you think about like cycling as a whole, we always think an event proceeds a goal so you've got to have an event and then the goal resides within the event whereas like if you're having a weight loss goal it doesn't matter right like you don't you don't have to go to the gym to be able to get your weight loss goal you get your weight loss goal and because you get your weight loss goal you go to the gym you know what i mean or whatever it is and so i think for us as cyclists and uh us as athletes like that's been a kind of an a different way maybe it's endurance athletes as a whole you know that's a different way for us to to find motivation and to seek enjoyment and fulfillment and growth from what we do and so i've been really really thankful for you because i i, I really needed that direction like okay cool we're not going to race whatever but i still want to train i still want to ride hard i still want to maintain a high level of fitness i like how i feel when i'm fit i like you know i know my athletes feel the same way right? That they work really, really hard and they make that sacrifice and we need to honor that sacrifice. And so by you helping me, uh, you've helped me significantly in and deliver that to our athletes to be able to give them a place where they can, um, well, where they can honor that and, and you know, just test themselves. And that's kind of the fun of it all, right? Like we just get to kind of test ourselves a bit. And so I really appreciate that from you, Jordan, like you've been super helpful with me, you know, plenty of phone calls late into the evening, early in the mornings, trying to figure out the technical side of things. And, uh, and then that's obviously trickled down to our athletes. So I really appreciate that. And obviously your time today, it's
0: just super appreciative. Thank you. Thank you. Not a a problem at all. And I think we've been, we've been tripping and stumbling down this path together. It hasn't been easy to get, you know, to the top level of this thing and have some success, but it's been good to have some company on that journey because, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great platform, but there's lots of stuff to figure out. And yeah, and, uh, yeah, how good, how good is it that, that it appeals to our athletes? And we, that's a, that's a gift too. Is that, uh, you know, we can keep some people rolling and, and keep them smiling about what they can accomplish. So yeah, all good in there.
1: Yeah, I love it, dude. I love it. So for all of you listening, um, you know, we've got some great, uh, there's great discounts available for you. Look in the show notes. You know, we got stuff from, like, IRC tires. There's a, a pure gravel 20% discount on IRC tires. There's a, there's discounts on snack bars, which are just super delicious handmade nutrition here in Redlands. And we got a GQ6 stuff, but also uh, new is Velo Saddles, which uh, uh, my man Jordan uses one of those as well. And so uh, that's pretty cool. You know, that uh, Ken got uh, Ken Yamakoshi from Expedos doing the – he's bringing uh, Velo Saddles to America, bro. Did you know that?
0: Oh, that's great. Cause I get a lot of comments you know, what saddle do you use as a, as a pro? You know, what's that? What's that on your bike? And, and Velo is a more of a manufacturer for many other saddle companies than a, a, than a sale, you know, a direct retail themselves. But, um, but they make excellent product and, uh, yeah, that'll be great to have that available. I think they'll sell a lot in a hurry.
1: That's awesome. Well, dude, if you're any of your uh, I know we have not talked about this, but if any of your athletes need them, Jordan, you know, they just go to Velosaddles.us and we have a, there's a big real coaching discount code. And I know Ken would be totally fine with your guys using it. Like it's, it's not, it's a, just a generic code. So for anyone listening, you know, if you're listening, you want that, you know, email me, message it. It's going to be in the show notes uh, there, but definitely like those are just awesome, awesome saddles. We've been riding them for a long time and been getting asked. For about them. And finally we get the opportunity to share them with all of you. So, um, that's pretty cool. So there's all, there's lots of other good stuff, lots of other great, great things that have been, uh, well, long time sponsors of ours that we want to share with you guys. And so check those things out. I'm not going to be labor why they're awesome because they just are. And I, I hope that you'll just trust me on that. So anyway, JC, uh, anything you want to close out with?
0: I appreciate it. I appreciate your listeners and, uh, and you having me on. It's great. Thank you.
1: Oh, bro. You know, you know, I love talking with you. So, hey, give, give my best to the missus and, uh, and your puppy Knox. And, uh, we'll talk very soon. All right.
0: Good deal. All right.
1: Huh. All right, guys. Well, until next time, you know, be safe, train hard, have a blast, and maybe we'll catch you on Zwift. Later.